Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And my name is Gary, and you can find me on all social media at the Gary Roby. Awesome. And New Republic Archives, where we're yes, talking yes. about some some spicy Star Wars content. Spicy Star Wars content. <laughs> we got a lot of other stuff coming up. That one spicy episode was a one-off. I don't think we're going to do anything like that again, but uh, it was a fun little holiday special. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a good one to, to, to come back with and, you know... Um, and uh, you know, like you said, other Star Wars content in the works. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and hey, maybe when, when Rebel Moon comes out, we can do a special dueling. Oh my gosh, genre that'd be episode. so fun. It'd be a little Star Wars DC collaboration. I would love that. Uh, yeah, we should totally do that. And uh, today we're talking about minute 160, 160 of part five, All the King's Horses of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, in today's minute, the mother box now charged with the energy from the flash is bursting um through the roof of uh the uh kryptonian scout ship 0344 and then uh the minutes will end with superman landing at heroes park and not landing like the body just you know flew out of the you know Mm -hmm. the hull Mm -hmm. of the ship and landed in heroes park no he's gracefully stepping down because he is now returned uh, <laughs> so the world witnesses the rebirth of Superman. Um, and and I say that, you know, broadly, but the whole world kind of does. I mean, here in Metropolis and there are multiple scenes in this minute, uh, we'll see many cast members, uh, you know, characters from the movie. They'll uh, actually witness. They're like, oh, what's that up in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. Uh, it's <gasps> Superman. Superman. He's back. Um, and uh, yeah, so. You know, start this huge explosion, uh, kind of like a water spout blowing out of the, mm-hmm. the hull of the Kryptonian scout ship. Um, everyone looking to the sky to see what this is. Um, the first person to have a bit of action is Dr. Silas Stone, who's out here with the rest of the Star Labs. They were all evacuated um, by Cyborg and the Justice League. And so Dr. Silas Stone, he knows what's happening in there. He knows that the Justice League are in there with the mother box and Clark Kent's body. So he's allowing them to do so. Um, seeing this happen, he's now putting two and two together, and then boom, here comes the mother box that he used to bring uh, Cyborg or Victor Stone back to life as Cyborg. So this mother box falls down, and then immediately sees that mother box and goes, I'm going to put a code around this because I yep. know what this means. Uh, and so I really do enjoy Dr. Silas Stone just looking at that mother box and being like, I need to take that right now because mm-hmm. I know what that is. Um, but yeah, so this is like the only cl- glimpse of Dr. Silas Stone we have for you in this week. Is there any notes, Gary, that you have about this character? Or, or, I don't know. You know I'm always so conflicted about Silas. Like, I think, I think what he did to his son is fucked up. <laughs> It's, but also I like cyborg. I like cyborg, and like he's not exactly like cyborg is gonna come to terms with who he is. We'll get a little more of that later in this movie, and like mm-hmm. kind of accept that role that he has now. But I, I still I don't think that that makes 
I don't think that absolves Silas in any way. Oh, good. I, I, I enjoy your I enjoy your input. Uh, so the the story itself is that doesn't you know the whole conflict resolution of, of cyborg in this story in this you know Justice League and yeah. with Doctor Silas Stone doing this to his son. First of all, being absent most of his you know uh-huh, uh-huh. life and always obsessed with his work and stuff, and then Victor gets his son this is accident. just a project to him. Like it's fucked up, man. <laughs> So, like I get that it comes from a place of love, right? He's his he's a father and, and he wants to save his kid and he's gonna do whatever it takes to do it. But like I don't know. I don't know. He made this decision of his own. It's it's a lot. Um but like <laughs> I I do I do like him at the end of this movie. Like I think I think after he's had his his last conversation with, with Cyborg and then like the meeting in the hallway and he like decides to to confirm that no this evacuation is real kind of thing because he's providing that space for his kid mm-hmm. um like i respect that and and i think that like we we get another act of his that's like a big important this is the way that they're going to like figure out where where things end up later in the movie mm-hmm. um but man i don't know it's hard to like him <laughs> <laughs> i think it yeah right it's it's, it's really um we, we've said it a lot, but it's very Dr. Frankenstein and you create yeah. this monster and it's like, yeah, I almost made a Frankenstein joke with the, the flash activating the mother box yesterday about the lightning bolt. I was going to do the same yeah, exact thing, which, which, which makes new Superman flashes monster. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. It's like, yeah. And then we kind of like, it was like an obvious Dr. Frankenstein and, and the monster. Yeah. A hundred percent. Lightning 100%. bolt bringing it to life. It's like, well, it doesn't understand yeah, but that is... until it has a, someone that it connects with that doesn't fear yep. him. To, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, man harnessing the power of, of the gods of and gods. Then giving uh-huh. life to a deformity and you're not supposed to because then the monster There's actually There's so much like learns really, and... really good, really insightful stuff you can read into a film like this. And yeah. I always wonder like how much of this is intentional and how much of this is me f- wish fulfilling. Like. <laughs> I, th- I think at a certain point you have to realize, like, well, if I thought about it, the people yeah. that were behind this probably had to it, have right? think about it as well. Like, yeah. it's I'm not doing anything that you know they had whatever team of so researchers are doing their own research, yeah, like figuring totally. out every single you know uh, avenue that you can draw mm-hmm, references mm-hmm. to, and maybe the Frankenstein thing one was talked about in, in the room and they were just like, you know what? Who's going to say that this is going to be like Frankenstein's monster. People are going to be like, well, uh, you no, know, this is Christ. You guys, yeah. Superman is God. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's the burning bush, you know, it's like, the lightning bolt and then he, it's like, Oh, oh yeah. geez. Okay. Sure. All right. If you say so. Yeah. There in, in, um, of course, in, in the theatrical version, there's a, quip about uh pet cemetery oh and so Barry yeah says that about about that tracks yeah and gary gary hasn't seen the theatrical cut so it's new to him but for a lot of people it was a very like painful quip of like can you not bring that up right now <laughs> yeah uh, please yeah um there for for cyborg and with dr silas stone well not so much <laughs> dr silas stone because he still fits into the um dr frankenstein trope but yeah. um for Cyborg and, and kind of the way that Chris Terrio had written Victor Stone to be played by Ray Fisher, 
was um, friend, Franz Kafka's uh, Metamorphosis. And it's like you've, you've oh. wakened up as like this ugly thing, this monster. And it's like, how do I go on living? How do I get out of bed? Like, how do I live my mm-hmm. life? And like, my life is over. Like, you don't have one anymore. You're now this, you're a superhero now. Well, no, you do like have a the, life, but you're just a cockroach. <laughs> in the book, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes, that's what the reader is supposed to draw, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the uh, it's very Doom Patrol, which is very ironic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's like, well, you are now, hey, congratulations, you're a superhero. And it's like, I didn't want to be a superhero. I just wanted my dad to love me. And it's like, yeah. you're too bad. You're a superhero now. And it's like, <coughs> thanks, I hate this. And this so, sucks. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes through this whole thing. Um, and... Um, it fast tracks it, but the Doom Patrol has more time to spend on it. To that the TV show, which is ironically Cyborg, is is in that show. Um, surprise! We do a podcast about that too. If you oh, yeah. are just now listening to this, uh, <laughs> but yes, of course, we we uh, in Doom Patrol fashion, uh, Cyborg has time to to learn that it's not about the mechatronic part of him or you know being before the accident it was that you wanted to be a hero all the time and in this movie it kind of goes that route as well where he's like one i'm not broken two i'm not alone and you know yeah. that that's like his thing he's like i'm not broken i'm not alone who i am with this mechatronic parts on me now i'm it doesn't make me a monster and just because i lost my mom and my dad spoiler is like i'm not alone there's always people around me because kindness will trump evil all day um and so that's what this whole justice league is about is that we are united because we can be better to one another instead of being yeah uh treating each other like enemies which is what dawn of justice was doing and so it's like it's the cure to it that they were doing and it's also what bruce learns at the end of that movie it's like oh yeah mm-hmm. kindness is everything I shouldn't treat superman like an alien i should treat him like a human being because he has the same name as my mother and that's very kind it's very humanizing and i and it's like and that's the magic of it that's the beauty of it yeah um, so there's there's so much about cyborg story that um bleeds into the rest of the story and it's not just the cyborg story you know imbued into the movie it's that cyborg story um carries on what the other characters have been going through um and kind of um encapsulates it and so um dr silas stone yes of course he's a terrible person but he's by design right and so it's like well we try to orchestrate the story so by the end of it you can kind of forgive him Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's like uh it's also uh, it's hard it's hard um it's a long it i I think it's one of those things where it's like it's It's, a it's a war not a battle totally well (laughs) i think i think the benefit of it is like this is a four-hour film and so you can really like kind of take the time and see see the full like what's going on with Silas and why he's made the choices he has and like mm-hmm. there is some gray area to for forgiveness in there mm-hmm. because yeah. of like where his son ends up and everything. Yeah, exactly. So this scene here with the mother box and him putting the coat over it, mm-hmm. um, this is the, this will be kind of the start of like oh I can be a team player too. Like I can, yeah. I can help you with this. Like, let me help. Uh, and so we'll see what happens with that there. Um, we'll, we'll turn over to uh, some other people who have witnessed 
the rebirth of Superman and uh, one will be Lois Lane, which will have like this incredible mm-hmm. shot of her turning around. Oh, I know yeah. it's very simple, but this was in the trailers. This was like in the yeah. Snyder Cut trailers. Everyone got to see this and was like, look, there's more footage. Like, oh, we, we knew there was a Snyder Cut out there. We were right about it the whole time, even though no one wanted to listen to us. And it's like, yeah, there it is. Like it's one of these golden moments of 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 you know the trailer. It's just like oh my god, what is that? She sees it. Um, she sees it. Yeah, She's and there. it's not just that Alfred is gonna scoop her up in a in a cab and bring her over to the. Uh, you haven't seen it, so you know. no. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, and so the thing the thing that I that I was thinking about in this moment, right? Like she's there. She's there because she went to the memorial because because she had been spoken to by Martha who was actually Martian Manhunter who convinced her to like get on with her life, Martha Manhunter. And like, she's there like because of this action that this other character has taken that has motivated her to like get out of her house and like go rejoin the world. Mm -hmm. She's there in the critical moment where she needs to be there so she can like stop what is coming. If he hadn't talked to her, she wouldn't be here. To stop him from what's coming. Like, this is the dark time. That's what I see yeah. is what leads to I've the never dark seen time. that because I always saw, I always thought Lois Lane went to the, the Heroes Park every single day and brought coffee to uh, Jimmy Olsen yeah. Cop every I mean, single I know day. So it was like, oh, okay. It, but there's the comment he makes when he she shows up, I think right before the yeah, movie we started. Where it's off. like, this was supposed to be the last time. It's like, okay, so now you are moving on, Lois Lane. Yeah. Um, like, and he then, recognizes, like, didn't expect her to be here kind of deal. I think At least that's what my read of that was. I, Again, that was... Yeah, no, no. There, there, I think there really is a religious undertone to this, like, ambiguously religious. Where it's just yeah. like, you've... Kind of Holy Grail. Okay, let's go to Holy Grail, like, Holy Grail again. We talked yes. about this with um, Percival... Uh, you know, every knight of the round table, including King Arthur, has always wanted this holy grail. Percival, who did not want it for himself, is offered the holy grail. And so he claims it because he's been offered it and he wasn't looking for it. And it's one of those things. Um, Steppenwolf finds the anti-life equation because he wasn't looking for it for himself. He just was yeah. trying to do something right for his nephew. And he, and so he then he finds it. And so it's the holy grail. Uh, Lois Lane, always wanting... Clark Kent back. I always, you know, I want him every day. I miss him. I wish yes. he was back. The the moment she goes, I don't want him anymore. I just, you know, she decided want to, to move on. I want to make him happy by being myself again. And then boom, from the heavens, you're rewarded. There he you're, is. Yeah, you're deemed worthy. Here he is now. Clark Kent like, has come back. I think if she's not here in this moment, this fight doesn't end. Yeah. No, until it it's all gone. Until like. it's gone, yeah. So there is, the, yeah, the, in 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 that case, it's like, yeah, no, it is perfect storytelling where it's like she just happens to be there. If you say she just happens to be there, but we're forgetting Lois Lane's whole shtick. Lois Lane's oh, superpower, superpower is oh. being at the right place at the right time, <laughs> always, every single time. That's fair. Wherever she, a wizard never arrives late. Lois Lane is always there. <laughs> Um, and it's just it like, so, so yeah, it's kind of, that's what, I don't know. I've never thought to question it or I've never thought to look into like, 
you know, what if Lois Lane wasn't there? My mind never went there because it's like, well, she's going to be there. She's yeah, always she's going to be, be there. She always, yeah. That's uh-huh. it. Superman's involved. She's, that tracks. She's there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's a point. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, But it's really kind of incredible for me to realize that what Mark, you were saying as well, where it's like you're now rewarded with something you weren't really seeking but you you were but you just didn't know it all along kind of thing mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah and that's what and, i do and when i lose something you know you know I, I i can't find my i don't know i can't find my uh, car keys and i'm like praying to saint anthony like oh please i need my yeah. car keys yeah and then i go you know what i'm not going anywhere i don't need it and sure enough i find it and i go mm-hmm. thank you I really needed that. I needed to, I'm late for work. Come on now. Um, but yeah, it's like I just, sometimes I just, I don't need it. I don't care anymore. I, didn't, I never want it in the first place. And then sure enough, I find it later. So um, things like that happen. Mm-hmm. This is, I want to talk about this. So I'm pointing at the screen. But it's, uh, so Mark McClure, he was Jimmy Olsen in Superman the movie. Yep. Uh, he's here, you know, cameo for a cop. Um, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Olsen, the cop. And <laughs> so he pulls out a gun here, pulls out like a, like a Glock, like a nine millimeter. Yeah. Uh, and it focuses on this. Yes. Do you guys have takes on this? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's exactly what humans would do. It's just what yeah. Perry White said two movies ago. Can you imagine how the world would react if someone like this existed? And you know what? We get him in broad daylight as the sun's coming up, flying over the biggest city in the world. And it's one of those things where it's like you wouldn't believe it if you didn't see it kind of thing. But what yeah. you're actually not believing is human's reaction to it. And the most human reaction that you're going to get is this cop pulling out his gun at Superman. Mm-hmm. At Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, like the only one that you have been given clear evidence that he is a, a good person trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And it's proven Time and again. This guy's over... at the memorial. Yeah. He knows who Superman is, and he still pulls his gun. You know, Human. <laughs> Human. Yeah. Uh, he's at the memorial. You know, there's people there's, with, yeah. with, with bumper stickers that will say something like, gods and guns. That's all I need in my life. And I think, hmm, God, I understand. Guns, I don't understand. No, uh, but you know, if 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 one day in life, uh, a a a humanoid is floating in the sky and and flying, uh, and you really believe in, in in God and Jesus, and your reaction is to pull out a gun, I don't necessarily know if you believe in God yeah. or Jesus, because I don't understand if like that's your reaction. Uh, then I, I, you know, the people are fearful, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something about faith until you see it. And it's like, then you don't believe it. And then I, I just don't think it lines up with the, the historical text that you read. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, it's, 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 mm, mm, it's a tough one. His reaction is to pull out a gun when he sees the Superman. We went through a whole movie about this. Uh, and so, uh, I guess fortunately for him, he doesn't really instigate well, anything. That that man's dead. He know that man's dead. That man's supposed to be dead. What yeah. what's he doing up there in the sky right now? Yeah, mm. Nathan, I Nathan, think you're, you're still on muted. Mute. 
quite Sorry, I was on mute. It's like, but yes, you're right. He is dead. And you have seen that guy die. But you've also seen that same guy fly across the sky and save so many and create miracles. You know what I mean? Still, it's like, I don't... that is divineness. And yet, what do you think you're, you're scared? You're I so mean... scared that it's just like my first thought is to get a gun. Ay, ay, ay. It's like makes you cringe. Yeah. I mean, that's the fight of. That's like the fight of faith. Like the whole. The... Faith is based in. Like salvation from fear. Yeah. It's. It's. Mm, I don't want to say. The light in the dark. I don't want to undermine. Like I grew up in a very religious household. Mm-hmm. And I have like left that behind. But that is like a thing that like I eat. It is impossible not to, like, equivalent Superman with God or Jesus Christ or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm, this this messiah, mm -hmm. not this uh, messianic figure. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, like, especially, like, you look at, like, stories of the Old Testament, like, God is scary. Yeah. Yeah, The Old Testament, yeah. (laughs) I think we've all been through that phase in our childhood. You know, and 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 I don't know that it's necessarily like I don't think that Christianity has ever gotten rid of that fear. Just as a whole, just in general. Like that's why they behave the way they do, despite the fact that they preach. Maybe because it's more powerful than um hope. Oh my god. How yeah, disgusting man. is that to think? Yeah, fear is a power, more powerful That's tool to use. That's his anti-life equation, life that equation. Is, well, yeah, well, like, he's yeah. the devil. Yeah. <laughs> he's from hell planet. <laughs> he's from hell planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was cast out of heaven planet and given his own domain of hell planet. Hell planet. You know? like, <laughs> and he's yeah. got his army of demons. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. but you're exactly right. Um, I come from a religious background as well, and it is... We all do, yeah. Yeah, we all do, so that's why it's... I'm not trying to be harsh or anything. It's just more so, Mm -hmm. like, we're not doing what was actually written down in that book, and that is supposed to learn from the lesson. Like, it's already there. Why does it take us so long to learn from this shit? I have no idea. we're still othering the people that, like, Jesus in the Bible tells us to take care of, like the poor and the weary and the, you know, whatever, like all of the destitute and downtrodden are supposed to be seen as Jesus as well and treated well. And so if you have an actual godlike figure show up, that's way more of a threat than the people on the streets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's fucking. When we, um, when we first started, this this movie's by minute and there's yeah. a, the opening scene of Wonder Woman at the Old Bailey. Um yeah. and I can't remember exactly what the Old Bailey said. And it said something along the line like protect the children and the poor and punish the wrongdoer. Like says that, along those lines, something like that. People across seas are yelling at us. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um Defend the children of the poor and punish the wrongdoer. And I was, I was always thinking about the the children of the poor, specifically. Yeah. Protect the children. Defend the children of the poor and punish the wrongdoer. That's what it says on the old Bailey. Just on on there in real life. It's still in real in real life, <laughs> not just a movie. But yeah. it's, it says that there, the bad guys are walking in. They're gonna go shoot, ma- mass murder a bunch of kids. 
uh, and then Wonder Woman shows up and, and like kills these dudes and like she knocks and, them all out. And, yeah. and then and like people are just like Wonder Woman just killed all those people. It's like yeah, well, they were about to shoot kids. Like I think yeah. it's okay. Um, anyways, but um, the reason that that is said here is because. It's not like Superman is like a Viltrumite. It's not Omni Man or anything. Like, it, like we have to come back to. Uh, I think that's what it is for us as uh, pop culture people. It's like we mm-hmm. always think like uh, of the negative image of the Justice League. Like you don't ever see like negative images of the Marvel heroes. You always just see like the Justice League like turned over. Like whether it's the Boys or Invincible or anything mm-hmm. else, it's like you always see. Or injustice too, uh, injustice as well. Um, is that you know? There's always a Superman is here, but he's evil. Like, oh, be afraid of Superman. He's so powerful, uh, scary. And it's like the DC movies are trying to take back. It's like he's here. He is very godlike, but he is a nice person. Yeah, he is all good yeah. and all powerful, and you have to believe that he's both. Like, you cannot stop. And and of course, Lex Luthor, who's the villain, he's a villain for a reason. He's saying like, you cannot be both, and it's like. He is both because yeah. this is the DC universe and we really like Superman and we want to stop the idea that he's just Homelander or yeah. Omni-Man. Like, cut it out. Like, he's a good person. And, of course, he's going to have a little uh, yeah. I think t- the temper thing, tantrum here. I think the thing that DC has to contend with is is what Nathan was saying minutes ago about, like, these are gods among men, right? Like, the Marvel characters feel way more grounded in, like, science the stories are about well they're people first yeah yeah Mm -hmm. right yeah whereas like these are embodiments of like ideals yeah there's like an elevation that has happened among these characters um i don't think anyone in the i would be hard pressed to find someone in the marvel universe i think could stand up against superman like he is he is so much more of a deity figure than what you typically get in in like the Avengers. Yeah. And I just, I think, I think, I think they are, um, they are tapping into like archetype in a way that, that other characters don't. Very, very much so. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Uh, and that's another thing. It's like, this is what you, what you want to attribute these. You're not supposed to be looking at the comic books as like bright, bright and colorful and, and people in their, you know, pajamas and wearing underwear outside their pants and, yeah. saving cats out of trees it's like <laughs> yeah no i like superman but it, it it's like what superman stands for like that storytelling is what mm-hmm. i like that is a heroic story and i'm supposed to take that story and apply it to my person in my life i'm not yeah. supposed to go and jump off of a building with a towel around my neck thinking that i can mm-hmm. fly it's like no the idea though that this this being saw something so great in humanity that he wanted to, one, be just like us and not be fucking, like, bullied about it, and two, protect all of us all at once at every single time, always when he is living. As long as there's a breath in that person's body, he wants to protect everything that exists on this planet. It's like, that's heroism. That's it. That's That's your idea. Carve that and chisel that into marble because that's exactly what humans thought of when we were like we need saviors we need people to look up to we need heroes it's like boom bingo yeah. there you go you got it there's the it messiah. is the most idealized version you could get yeah and that's what i really enjoy about these types of storytellings and just comic books in general in dc mainly because it does tap into that idea of not just 
not just an episode of the Tony Stark show. You know, it's not yeah. just a thing that is happening in 2023 that Tony Stark is doing. It's like, no, no, that that's fine because you can reference any, you could reference something in 1970 when Tony Stark did something cool. And it's like, yeah, that also is cool. But like, what does he represent? Does he represent hopefulness? Does he represent that the sun will always come up after the nighttime? Like that's, you're supposed There's to, a, that's the storytelling. Yeah. That's the fireside talk that we're going with stories, you know? I've never really like considered it as like one of the core differences between the two major comic book, like, whether it be franchises or just like publications in general. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I it, it I think Marvel has always wanted the characters to be so grounded that like anybody could see themselves behind the suit. Like that's the Spider-Man thing. Exactly. Right? Anybody mm-hmm. could wear that. And that is inspirational. Absolutely. But that is not what DC's doing. Right. I that's, think that's really cool. That's not when you put the cape on, you know? That's not yeah. when that's not when people put the cape and the cowl on. Like but every single kid across this planet would love to dress up and and wear Spider-Man pajamas and swing off of rooftops because mm-hmm. that's what kids want to do. You're exactly right. So take that yeah. and make Spider-Man for kids and give them ambition, yeah. you know? And, I think that's and really cool. teach them it's friendship. Just, I'm excited. I'm actually like really looking forward to whatever comes next from the DC cinematic sort of Ouvra because it is going to be interesting to see like how they decide to differentiate themselves from what Marvel has been doing for the last 20 years. It, yeah. It would very it would be even more so interesting if they actually had a room full of people that share these same ideas and concepts that we're talking about to actually work through yeah. them and and apply them to modern storytelling and yeah. and whatnot, not just, you know, be able to sell it's t-shirts. It's hard. Franchises are hard. They are like, extremely hard, you know? I'm yeah. not an expert. I don't have a franchise. I didn't do this yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. I, I've been a fan of Star Wars for so long, and I've been watching. I'm, I've not even finished, like, half of it. But there is a, a, a YouTube essayist, uh, Jesse Gender, that I follow, who put out a whole big thing about, like, the monomyth and, and Star Wars and the idea of, like, how Star Wars rhymes, right? Like, it's constantly coming back mm-hmm. to the same sort of storytelling is it really worth it now after 45 years? Should we maybe try to do something new? Like, and I, I find that idea really compelling as well of like, you can't always keep drawing back from the same well, especially in something like Star Wars, where like, if it's always about the oscillation between liberalism and the fall to fascism, right. like there is no success story there. Right. Like, it'll never end. <laughs> it's just it. Like, it's the same yeah. thing, you know? And so I'm really like, I don't know that we're ever going to get it in Star Wars, but I would love to see Star Wars take a new direction and just do something different with the galaxy. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I think they always have to have a big bad empire, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's um, kind of what happened with the the new trilogy that I was yeah. a little bummed about that. It's like, oh, you've established such a great new republic. And then it's like, oh, it's gone now. We're back. Neither wow. of them. What? Both these these systems of go- Star Wars systems of governments turn over so fast they don't last more than like 20, 30 years, and then they're just dead. Yeah, and Which but then they're replaced by the appalling. same exact thing. Like there's nothing yes. new. It's not like Napoleon. Exactly. Yeah. It's always a return to the status quo. It's just an oscillation. Like yeah, yeah. So <sighs> yeah, but um, uh, with the DC universe, I f- I feel a little confident about the Superman movie. Uh, Superman Legacy. Yeah. I, I feel like it. It um, it can really kind of. Um, I think it can echo a lot of what people wanted. Uh, 
this Superman to continue being, which is mm-hmm. established in Man of Steel. So everything established about Superman in this trilogy, I feel like Superman Legacy will continue some of that. Um, we see a little bit of that in My Adventures with Superman, which is the newest uh, TV series yeah. of Superman. And I feel like uh, very slowly we are um, um, establishing now with the new with this our current audience um, that Superman can be all good and all powerful. Um, and and really defend people, which I think is important, and 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 really try to break the the perspective, the perception that like anytime you see the Superman type archetype, that yeah. it's inherently like full of fear and stuff. And it's like we have to believe again. Um, yeah. And 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 just because it has. Uh, especially this DC universe, this one, this is Zack Snyder's version, Snyderverse, whatever you want to call it, because it really mm-hmm. embraces the allegory of Jesus Christ. Doesn't, shouldn't turn you off. Like, like we just. It doesn't push it down your throat either. It's not like, oh, okay, maybe it is a little overt sometimes. But I, like, I think it, what it does is it, it's a, it's not preachy. It accepts it. Like it it, it doesn't yeah. like um, it kind of like says like yeah, it is kind of like a reference to that. Like how could it not be? Mm-hmm. Like we kind of embrace it. It's and, using the imagery without like really beating you over the head with it, though. I yeah. think like I think I think for those of us who grew up in really religious households, you can see it way more way more plainly necessarily. Yeah, but. I think that may be what turns people off. I think it's like, um, so you know, speaking for the three of us, but it's like just because yeah. we grew up in those households, and even though we don't practice those religions anymore, um doesn't mean it should turn you off like doesn't mean like yeah. oh just because the superman has like christ-like allegory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i still like chronicles of narnia yeah yeah it's like yeah <laughs> i don't have to be christian or whatnot i don't have, you know i don't have to, don't have to yeah. give into that religion again just to enjoy this it's like i can enjoy this without being that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you I can, can be, also you know, like realize that like oh that is that storytelling from this storytelling. It's like, I see those elements in that archetype and it's like, yes, that's what it worked obviously so well in the past for humans and storytelling. Maybe it'll work again. It's like, yeah, you're damn right. It'll work again. That's just how it works. You can be completely atheist and still find this storytelling enjoyable because it has like these mythologies. And it's like, it's like, Oh, this story has Greek mythology. Awesome. This, this story has like, Native American mythology, awesome. Yeah. Norse mythology, everyone loves Norse Great. mythology. Hell yeah. Christian mythology, people go, ew, I don't like, I don't right? want that. It's like, you can like it. I think Dante's Inferno is a cool story. Like, go for it. Like, <laughs> I don't really, you know, it's like, I don't really believe nine circles of hell and all this stuff. And, yeah, you know, but it's still. like, but it's cool. People yeah. like Full Metal Alchemist, that has Christian mythology That's all true. in it. That's true. And so it's like, true. just, just, enjoy the storytelling because yeah. the archetypes there is it's just really good it's just really good storytelling let let superman be the embodiment of hope and and, and joy in the world yeah really excited to see what happens next week on your show <laughs> <laughs> oh it gets pretty fun um <laughs> yeah so it turns out superman's uh not too happy for a moment but as uh we'll, we'll get we'll get into it so before we wrap up today gary just want to thank yeah. you so much for oh it's a delight to be here i'm <laughs> again i mentioned this multiple times probably during this recording but like it's been a long time so i've done movie by minute stuff but this is where i got my feet like in podcasting in the first place and so like just so delighted to be back 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of doing guest spots. That's fun. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely have to return again. We'll, we should do something for Rebel Moon. Uh, probably not yeah, on this man. podcast. We'll do it for something for Dueling Genre, but we'll figure it out. If you guys are listening, yeah, Dueling Genre, very cheap to get onto the yeah. Patreon, and there's so much content there. Um, some, a lot of exclusive podcasts that are just on the Patreon uh, and like series mm-hmm. of it, like not just one offs or anything like that, but like lots of lots of cool content things. on there. Go check out Dueling Genre tonight. <laughs> yeah. they, they drop every week with new new news and trailers and what's going on in pop culture. And that one's always very fun to be on. Yeah. If you guys like those like news drops of just like what's the newest drama stuff that happening in Hollywood and trailer talks and all that, Dueling Genre tonight, sometimes we guest on it. And we have a lot of fun with Nick Jimenez, who hosts the show. Sometimes Scott Corelli does as yeah. well. But Nick does a great job hosting that. And it's a great time. Um, but yes, uh, before we go, Gary, you just want to let us know where people can find you. Yeah, yeah. Once again, uh, the Gary Roby on all social media platforms. I am not the best at like Twitter and Instagram and stuff, but you can find me there. Um, uh, Dueling Genre has a Discord server. Uh, you can always come and chat with us on there as well. Uh, I do a couple of podcasts right now. New Republic Archives is, again, on the Dueling Genre server. That's the Star Wars one. Every two weeks, we have an episode. Uh, they alternate between like news episodes and then deep dives into pieces of Star Wars canon uh, and legends. We've talked about fan content. We've talked about you know, lots of different Star Wars stuff. So that one's always really fun. I also do a video game podcast uh, every week called Infinite Cities. Uh, that one is kind of like a video game book club sort of thing. Right now, we are in the midst of playing Sea of Stars, which I think just won Indie Game of the Year at uh, the Game Awards recently. So that one's really fun. That's on Game Pass. I'm playing that right now, and that episode will be out in a couple weeks, I think. All right. We're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.